I want to show you a trick mother showed me when you weren't around. Welcome to Spellburn, a podcast covering the Dungeon Crawl Classics role-playing game and old-school adventuring. It's time to party like it's 1974. Hail, Acolytes of the Dark Master. It's the last spell burn of the season, and we are invoking a patron. Life's blood has been spilled. We risk the very fabric of the universe by opening up a portal to the author of Orbital Intelligences, the sire of Stratosphenes, Conduit Circuit Counselor Supreme, Sean Richer of Orbital Intelligence, LLC. Strap into your best dungeon cart and get ready for the drop. This is Spellburn. Welcome. Woo! Woo! Very so nice. What, are we doing some tavern talk? Is that what we're doing first? Yeah. Let's do it. Jen, what's happening? Dude, what? <laughs> Why am I going first all the time? This sucks. Um, uh, what's happening? Um, well, I mean, life does revolve around the gaming industry now. It's kind of weird. Um, on associated with work i recently did an interview with jogo nogueta from the weird games and weirder people podcast uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with jogo he's uh, our ambassador down in brazil and one of the original gods of urhadad is is that correct um mm. on the worky side just prepping for cons and Already uh, looking at uh, bigger and better warehouse shenanigans, so it's all it's all good. Is that and episode out yet? For, for uh, yes, it it actually dropped this past week. It nice. is over two hours long, so uh, if you spread it out over a couple of months, I throw no stones. <laughs> how, how weird did you get? I mean, by your standards, My probably standards. tame. But that in and of itself is pretty weird compared to most people in the gaming industry, as it turns out. So I don't know. It, honestly, it just became one of the coolest conversations just sitting there with my friend Giago for a couple hours nice. and got a little philosophical at times. So, so that was fun. What is weird games and weirder people? I don't get it. I mean, it's uh, some it gaming is... podcast. Are you cheating on Spellburn? Is that it? No, I'm a guest. You're a guest. I'm a guest, not but a host. Is, well, is Jogo the guest? I don't, or is he the host? He is. Jogo, Jogo is hosting it. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yes. He's, he's oh. done what, like, I don't know, half dozen or more episodes. He's, he's been pumping them out. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. yeah Excellent. Uh, like number, tw- I was number twenty-four. Oh my gosh. I think Joey Royale was like number two. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool, cool. Yeah. 
yeah, it's been fun. And I'm really, really looking forward to uh, GaryCon, which is still three months away. And believe it or not, Gen Con registration is less than a month away. It never stops. Which is hard to wrap your head around because that's like nine months down the line, right? But that's where we're at with the planning process. So lots and lots of stuff behind the scenes this year. It never stops. Yeah, there's always going to be another deadline, but it is so worth it. Right. And I mean, it only took us, what, two, two and a half weeks to get all of the Black Friday orders out. So we're good. Hmm. Yeah. Love yeah, it. the crew really rocks. How many how many uh, Chaos Lords do you have there now? Uh, we have two, and every now and then Bricky throws in a, a, a stone here and there. Mm-hmm. Ricky helps out sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um that that's kind of an awkward, painful subject though. So uh uh hey Julian, how have you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh well thank you, Jen. Judge Jen. Um I am great. I've had a fun couple weeks uh doing a lot of home campaign planet skull madness. I've run a couple sessions in the last two weeks and, um, uh, that's been, that's been really good. It was, I took a couple months off cause I had so many deadlines and other frantic, uh, work stuff going on. But, uh, after a couple months, yeah, got it never back stops. In the saddle. Yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> and the job is worse than the job, if you know what I'm saying. Um, but it was a, uh, but it was, yeah, I know. But it was uh, it was fun to get back in the saddle with the local folks, and um, also ran a game. Uh, for some reason, I decided to just make a, an adventure because why not? Um, for the crawl of crawl for the cure, ether meat virtual kind of marathon thing that Corey Welch does. In addition to his big game hole charity push, he does a uh, an annual ether meat uh, crawl for the cure event, as he calls it, and. Uh, the whole thing raised about thirty two hundred bucks. Um, I ran a numerica game with uh, Judge Jim Scatch, one of our favorites, as well as um, some of some of my local folks. We had uh, Grape Ape here uh, in that game, and uh, we had a, we had a lot of fun. That that ended up being kind of a dream team. They were rolling, and of course, the funny thing about that those games is people uh, bid on the game as you're playing it. So uh, as a judge, you have to try to think fast because like, you know, here's a 50 bucks for a monster to attack them now. And, you know, the, yeah. the feral feral child finds a dune buggy with blades on the you know front, which would have been easy for our guest tonight. But, you know, for me, I was like, okay, well, I mean, ah, dune buggy, schmoon buggy. So it was fine. It, we had a great time. We had uh, Twinkie monsters, Frank Zappa theme and um, yeah, and almost time travel. But uh, anyway, it was, uh, that was a fun game. There were a lot of cool uh, partners, including um, the neon Lords of the toxic wasteland. If I have that right, they, they played like the midnight game, which Brian, yeah, Ryan shuttle. Right. And Shutter. uh, Shutter. Shutter. Yeah. This old man could not stay up for that, but 
may it might be online so i'll try to see that because i would actually have loved to watch it and then uh judge dan is not the only one who gets to be on podcasts so i was on a podcast to judge jen so there <laughs> uh touche sir not not within any winner so uh but um but a very uh smart guy uh that i enjoy um matt thompson who does this critical hit parader zine which is like a rock oriented zine for dcc He's published a Blue Oyster Cult-themed adventure, which I quite liked. I was a playtester uh, when he ran a session like at one of the virtual cons in the COVID era, and it's really fun. Um, so we just uh, talked. We were going to talk about music, and we ended up schmoozing about all kinds of stuff. But uh, that just went live, so it's out there. And we'll link Weird Games and Weirder People episode with Jen, number 24, and my appendix LP podcast with Matt um, in our show notes. So take a look. Appendix LP. That's great. Appendix LP. And Mm. his zine is called critical hit parader. I, yeah. Do you see what I'm doing there? (laughs) It's me and the nostalgia. Yeah. Right. Right. Check it out. It's it's pretty fun. And he, he, and he does like a little newsletter too. And he'll, you know, feature bands you know a lot about, and then it'll feature some interesting little obscurities too, that should, which is fun to, you know, see what's going on. Awesome. Judge James, how mm-hmm. about you? Well, uh, I haven't been on any podcasts. I, I feel like I'm somehow not, not, not p- keeping up pace. Uh, you, you should, you should just make it up. <laughs> and I was on a podcast. It was very, very nice. Gaming and BS, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> No, something like that. Um, quiet at home here for the month of December. I'm prepping, trying to figure out con schedule. I think I'm going to go to a little teeny tiny con called Flint Con. It'll be in Flint, Michigan. Mm. It's a one day. A lot of miniatures, it looks like. They play a lot of miniatures. There's somebody running some Pathfinder. I thought I'd just kind of show up unannounced. Well, not unannounced, but show up uh, and try to run a game of DCC. Maybe have a and When is program. that? What's that? When is that? That's uh, February 3rd, the first Saturday Ooh. of February. Hmm. So so it'll be fun to just kind of meet some new people and play, play a game of DCC. I don't know what I'll play. It depends on how many people show up. So it might be a funnel. If there's only like one person, then I guess I'll run House of the Red Doors. So there's my fallback. Um, and then maybe I'll go to CincyCon, which is the next month uh, in March. So I'm just trying to like figure out all the cons I'm going to go to. Cause I'm probably not going to be a Gary con cause oh. they're sold out and there might be tickets and like they were going to release tickets. I think on the January 6th, but we'll see. I don't know. On January 6th. Yeah. That's a weird date. Uh, what? That's not uh, what kind of signal are they sending I me? I hope nothing weird. Hmm. It's a Saturday, uh-huh. people. Don't make too much of it. There you okay. go. All it's right. also when uh, Gen Con events start. Uh, you can start submitting Gen Con events. And if you're doing it for DCC, I recommend going through the Goodman Games uh, yeah. portal for that. It's good times. They take care of you, you know, as a GM. It's nice. We uh, try. <laughs> yep. And then I'm, uh, I'm writing out... Uh, the River of Lies, which is my uh, Purple Planet Horde adventure 
uh, third level adventure. So mm. it's coming along. Um, it's it's you know putting the, the skin in, in the in the muscles on on the thing on the outline now. So it's it's getting fun. I gotta I gotta go out somewhere and play it soon. That's for sure. So that's and, what's and been going we, on with me. And we anticipate having a is it. Can I say this that we anticipate having a very purple podcast in our January? Yes, I think we can say that, right? We're committed. Actually, I've checked in with the with the horde, and yeah. the warlords say yes. Uh, yes, January twenty ninth, it's on. We'll have a whole bunch of a whole bunch of the purple planet third party horde uh, writers and uh, publishers here. I think we should have like a podcast arena battle where we just put like everybody, like two people on for five minutes together and let them verbally fight it out and then like have brackets to see who, you know, meets in the middle. That's right. Like kick one guy out and then just bring in the next guy. And then so whoever can stay the longest. I'm sorry, Elena. (laughs) After, after doing, playing in some Aaron Crater's robot playtest stuff. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to count him out. His, that was pretty epic. <laughs> he might, he might be a, he might be kind of a, a sly dark horse type mm-hmm. character in there, yeah. in the brackets. He might, he might be a, a middle seed who really stocks up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, so next month will be fun too. Yeah, for sure. And um, kind of the north. Uh, speaking of stuff that is coming up. Con of the North uh, events tickets or uh, events are up for registration now. So if you're in Minneapolis or Twin Cities Metro, et cetera, go ahead and uh, grab some games out there. We have a ton of DCC guys. My buddy and yours, Judge Matt Tull, uh, my friend Judge wow. Gary, John Carnes, Jolly John Carnes. And uh, Matt Rose, another pal of mine, um, a lot of local guys. So there's zillions of DCC guys running games out there, including myself, of course. So um, if you're local, uh, check it out. I was going to come up there, but it's like a 12 hour drive. Yeah, you got to go around these big watery things. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> Other cool stuff coming up. Well, uh, currently, I guess, underway. A Rabbit Dogs 2 from Nick Baran is live on Kickstarter. So you should go check that out. Um, it's a sequel to the first Rabbit Dogs, so some a bunch of alternate rules for DCC. And then uh, the tickets went on sale for the Indie RPG Creator Summit uh, a few, few days ago. And so uh, that's a three-day Zoom conference uh, taking place in January 8th through the 10th. So say more, so because people may not know what it is. So I think this is a Goodman Games kind of a fronted uh, effort to uh, talk a lot about the, the nuts and bolts of publishing. So things like uh, Kickstarter advice or printing, you know, like uh, you know, finding relationships with printers, uh, you know, speaking their language, uh, which is kind of a different, you know, mm. if you're if you're not in the, in the game, you don't uh, of publishing. It's like uh, you know, it's it's its own set of things to decipher. Um, what else is there? There's like social media um, engagement. There's a lot of topics just about um, marketing, conventions, uh, playtesting, pretty much covering the gamut of that. 
And I would be remiss if I didn't say it's sponsored by Goodman Games and Backer Kit. Right. Hmm. Hmm. So it's kind of like if you, so their audience is like if you are third party curious, yes. mm-hmm. you might consider uh, jumping in and checking it out and getting some advice and at the, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. much the business side of, of, of publishing. So getting kind of your leveling including, up. Including backer kit representatives themselves. I was really stoked to see my one of my friends uh, on the back end of BK on the panel. And we've got a couple distributor folks in there too. So mm-hmm. be a really good educational thing. And the first two days are free. The third day, I believe, is $49.99, something along those lines. Yep. And those who get that full third day also get something like a two hundred and fifty dollar uh, refund, kickback, sponsorship, uh, hmm. however you want to phrase that, hmm. from Backer Kit themselves. If they, the, if you start a campaign on, with them, yeah, they get a discount so, on a, a crowdfunding initiative. That's oh, discount. Pretty cool. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, huh. it's all day. I oh, mean, it's cool. not like a few hours or whatever. It's like literally like, uh, you know, sun up to sundown past sundown. If, you know, frankly, if, if you're in the Northern hemisphere and the sun's going down at five o'clock. Oh, um, cool. And the sessions will be available, uh, I think for a month for everybody who has the free, uh, first two days, they'll be up for like a year. If you buy the full package. Hmm. Oh, so if you happen to be getting absolutely destroyed in your day job that weekend, you could still pony up and then enjoy all the panels and get all that good advice on your own time. Is that it? Right, yeah. because it, it actually runs Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's uh, kind of wild. Yeah, it's day job, like right right there. Sounds like a work from in. home day, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's a remote day. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. So, and then obviously it's all over the Goodman game site if you're interested in that, right? Yes. Lots Most of likely. Lots Excellent. Of places, full media press. They really, you guys are really up in the game. I see tons of ads on Facebook these days, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. Excellent. Um, last, uh, last thing before we leave the tavern, we still, still, Desperately need your love and your emails, really, um, at spellburnband at gmail.com. Send us something uh, snarky or uh, ask us a question or, you know, hey, that zombie is not getting any fresher down there. So, you, yeah, you know, feel free to also harass his undead spirit. Or send us, you know, a new spell to permanently quiet him. Who knows? Or something around olfactory, uh, you know. <laughs> now accepting pomades via email. Yes. <laughs> are we ready? Yeah. Are we ready, so. uh, are we ready to invoke <laughs> yes. patron bond? We summon thee, Sean Christopher Charles Richer. <laughs> that was easy. I didn't even know it. <laughs> That was it. That was a drop right there. That was like I, I was crazy. expecting like 
stardust or something sparkles and stuff well we got sparkles there was a frog wow (laughs) (laughs) i i you know he he phased in from another reality um i'm glad he is not a goliath uh engine or or what you know like that kind of you know i am not thank you thank you Well, Sean, uh, we're super pleased to have you on. I mean, you're this this wild, you know, unbridled mashup genius <laughs> and game developer. Um, you know, of course, master you know, orbital intelligence LLC. You've been in this in the third party space for a long time, um, uh, doing uh, DCC stuff and Troikia stuff and other stuff, and such as Terra the Stratosphere, to Worm to Furious, Choke Stroke, Churn Stroke Burn. And then your latest project is Dungeon Grand Prix. Um, some people talk about DCC RPG as the crazy uncle of DCC and it's the of, of D&D. It's a gonzo D&D. Uh, I think you take uh, the word gonzo and turn it up to 11,000, frankly. So we're super pl- happy to have you here. And um, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, super happy to be here. I think one of the wildest things I've heard about anything I've written is that you can't dungeon crawl with 20 foot or 30 foot creatures. So <laughs> I've been trying very hard to push against that uh, stereotype, which is bad. Um, no, I mean, I, I've been writing these games for the last three or four years now. I, I don't know. I think it's been since 2018, maybe 2017. I've lost track of time. Yes. Um, but I was in video games for a long time, which was like really awesome. I think since oh four, so it's been like fifteen plus years or something wild like that. Um, feel like I've done that forever. Um, it's been really fun taking this as kind of like a night job, second second thing. It's it's nice being able to write and it not needing it to do amazing, like being able to just write whatever I want and publish whatever I want. It's been really mm. really cool. Mm. Yeah, you you know. You've been Terra the Stratosphere, the first one, number one, came out in 2019. And which, yes. which seems longer ago than it is. Of course, COVID, <laughs> we had that whole thing in there. That was a decade, man. That was a that was like at least 20 years worth. I mean, that was a that was a quite a stretch. But um having said all that, um I mean, you have put out a massive amount of stuff in four years. Uh, yeah, I think I averaged um, a book a month for the last two years. Yeah, I was like, because I couldn't believe it. I was going back through all the stuff, of course, as we we're getting ready. And, and by the way, I just had a blast going oh. through the whole pair of the Stratosphere stuff. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, that that was only 2019, which means that, you know, churn stroke burn and which is huge. And um, and then the Snake Wolf 3, which you're going to tell us about, and all that. I'm like, wow, okay, this is quite a bit. Of, and some of the later <laughs> Terror of the Stratosphines are pretty meaty and substantial. You know, I mean, the first one is no slouch, but then they get thicker, and there's a lot of content there. <laughs> we uh furious a hardcover to boot? I mean, that's... that's Two-word, Two Furious was wild it started off as i think 12 pages and that was when i was working with uh jared crater and fiona mave geist and as a result of dev editing that went from 12 to like 72 pages and before i knew it it was a hardcover print run then it was on kickstarter scrap princess came in did art it was a lot of things that happened all at once (laughs) Mm. wow and that one just started as a weird joke of like what if you could just have people riding on a purple worm like that would be funny 
I, I, <laughs> my history in RPGs is Rifts and Robotech. So anything that you like, I didn't know who Gygax was for a long time. Like, is that like a beholder? Like, what's a beholder? Um, there's a lot of things that I just accidentally discover about RPGs on a regular basis. So, um, yeah, once I saw a purple worm, I'm like, that's silly. What is that? And that's where Two Worm, Two Furious came from. Kind of me trying to understand what D&D was. Uh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, actually, when you say riffs, I totally get it, actually. Like, that that <laughs> makes sense, because I can stratosphere is riffs, actually. <laughs> it's not a split growth of the cover, I swear. <laughs> right, right. I won't tell Kevin if you don't tell Kevin. That's all good. I just want him to notice me. That that's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, that's uh, well, wow, question answered. That's really cool. Um, but you know, riffs is all. I mean, is even though it obviously doesn't have those that D and D ancestry exactly. Although some of it is there, obviously, just in mechanics, but in the original riff stuff. But the um, that riffs thing comes into the. DCC Gonzo pretty well, except for the except for the ten foot ceiling corridors. As we, you know, people it. push really hard on that, but honestly, most things can crawl, and you can always knock it down the dice chain. So, yeah, mm. and you, we, you know, <laughs> well spoken. <laughs> I'm just looking at that stratosphere and going, I'm going to need a bigger <laughs> corridor. You know? I think the magistrates are about thirty feet. The yeah. delvers are about fifteen. The delver armors, the ones that are in the power armor after they've sacrificed their cults to the blood gods, um, they're about twenty-five feet. There's actually a forty-five foot one coming in Snake Wolf Three. Wow, the grand, wow. the grandmaster daddy <laughs> of the of the uh, of the stratosphenes. They get they get bigger. There's a. Uh... I won't go too far into it now, but there's like a Stratosphine anti-party in that one. They're all like level 15 and they really just want to be left alone. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, I, I remember when I was writing uh, uh, Faye Harder, that I was like kind of brushed, hit up against the same problem. I was like, these things are huge. I'm definitely not writing a dungeon. <laughs> You know, so it's all like open air. I think there's very little in, in that module that happens to be like, like dungeon at all. Cause you can't, I, was, I just like, I couldn't do it. I was like, that's it. It's just, it's wilderness adventure. I mean, it's kind of is, but it isn't, but like, there's no dungeons. You can't do that. If you, you know, if you really go spelunking around randomly underground, you'll find a lot of caves that are not conveniently 10 foot tall, right? <laughs> I mean, it, you'll find three foot tall and one foot tall and six foot and you know all so it's it's pretty arbitrary they might as well be 30 feet tall right i mean sure. they're, they're just as likely to be 30 feet as regularly 10 foot throughout the dungeon well i figure what like is- the drop and like kind of like the this catastrophic event that happens to to the world is like the the, the stratospheans themselves are like here so they've got to be like building their own stuff or like, you know, yeah. pulls through stuff. It's got a really super, uh, you know, post-apocalyptic kind of feel throughout. Well, the, the, the drop hits it pretty, you, you hit it dead on. Like the idea with Stratosphere was to create something that was an overlay. Like at that point, I wasn't comfortable writing DCC adventures yet or writing any adventures at all. I didn't know how to do that. Um, but I did think, what if I gave someone a toolkit so they could go ahead and just turn any adventure into a Stratosphere adventure? And then I, I don't know, you could do whatever you want with that. And that was kind of the basis for a lot of it. And that's why the stars, the 
the people from the stars beyond the stars. That's why they just look like humans. They just like show up and they're like, hey, grab a gun. Let's go fight some Stratosfiend or not. Right. And that's why I pushed on the Stratosfiend. Like when you hit level one, maybe you were a Stratosfiend the whole time. I don't know. I was just trying to find a way to make people just dive into it. So yeah. Uh, it it's really, I I don't want to say against the grain, but it really pushes against some people's paradigms. And for that, I highly respect you, sir. Well, thank you. It um it definitely pushes into kind of the Rifts world. And while Rifts had uh, Chaos Earth, which came before Rifts, uh, Stratosfiend has a cycle of the Snake Wolf which is kind of everything leading up to Stratosfiend. Um, so, you know, aliens haven't revealed themselves yet. Things are a little bit paranoid. People pray to black helicopters, all that kind of stuff. And that's where all the Snake Wolf stuff comes from. So there's two of those adventures so far. There's the first one, which was like, what do you do with Stratosfiend bones? I guess you summon Snake Wolves. That's what you do. You drink tea, set up bonfires. And the second one is like very Twin Peaks, like Coen Brothers movie type thing. You're just wandering into the woods. There's a 900 pound boar chasing you. Like, yeah, normal stuff. But it it was all chained coffin inspired. So hmm. really, tell uh, me for, more. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have this bad habit of getting about four pages into any book I read, and then immediately getting inspired and have to run with it. So I got into the chained coffin, and then immediately turned around and picked up uh, whatever the Manly Wade Wellman um, mm-hmm. suffering uh, compilation yeah. was. Yeah. And I was going through that and I was like, oh, I'm starting to see this. And then I started remembering um, going to like tent revivals as a kid and just reading about snake handling and all these kinds of things together. There, uh, I think um, I, d- I draw a lot of inspiration from video games. There's a character in um, Guilty Gear that has like a snake or wolf that follows her around. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Tied it all together. And I was like, oh, there's something here. Um, so for Chained Coffin, like that's why I have the Shattered Woods. It's really just the um, the Shutter Mountains. That- that's Chained Coffin, right? Hmm. Yeah. yeah 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 shattered woods it. so it's yeah. like pre-drop there's like a psionic miasma reaching out like you're getting headaches in the woods you don't know what's really going on um it's kind of funny like i already finished writing snake wolf 3 but now i'm reading mothman prophecies and like i wish i read it first <laughs> and just seeing all the wild stuff in the in the hills so yeah chain coffin's cool is your is your imp- Applied setting for Stratus Fiend, like a modern Earth, you know, pre, you know, pre-drop is sort of a workaday, regular, twenty-first century type thing. Uh, yes, you can actually get a day job in Snake Wolf Three, and I actually have rules for if you don't show up at your day job for more than like seven days in a row, you get fired. Um, and that whole idea was to push on the whole adventure day and the idea of we're going deeper and deeper into this facility, which is not the Pentagon, uh, you're getting deeper and deeper into this mm-hmm. facility to understand what's under the earth and you still have to like get back to work. But what I love in DCC is you get hurt and you, you have to heal one HP a day, maybe two, if you're not doing much. And just mm-hmm. the idea that you take the wrong hit from a not goblin and now you're knocked out for a week on bed rest and now you miss work. I mean, maybe that's too real for some people, but for me, I thought that was hilarious for like pushing on the absurdity of a dungeon adventure day or encumbrance and just rests. yeah, trying to like do something with all of that. There's something to be said about repercussions, right? Rather than just diving in and it's okay, even if I die, I'm going to get rolled over. So, Maybe. so if you lose your job, what's the what's the effect kind of on 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 the character then? Well, that's the fun thing about DCC. Um, currency, as you call out in the book, is or as it's called out in the book, is like not a huge thing. It's like 
you get stuff or you don't. You find a way through it. You're not a hero. You're trying to like rummage. So the idea is most people will start with a job and that's how they will probably equip themselves to start going off in the pre-adventure. And by the end, it's like Monty Python nonsense because you're like, I don't know. I guess we're just pillaging everything because we can't afford anything anymore. And at that yeah. point, it's all black. Poverty is an NPC, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. I like I think about those systems a lot and how they create pressure. Like I was talking, I think, with someone on Reddit about it yesterday of like, uh, tracking encumbrance is boring. I'm like, maybe, but I, I think the the end result of the effects encumbrance tracking has on the campaign is like really bizarre because you turn into this whole thing of like, maybe I can't pick up everything. Or in the case of currency, like maybe I can't buy the b-52 bomber or the b-2 spirit that i want to just bomb this facility i can't buy it i have to like instead go find weird alien stuff <laughs> like just the best way to describe everything i write weird alien stuff weird alien stuff <laughs> <laughs> i yeah i ended up going out there's a museum of flight out here the history of flights so i spent a lot of time staring at spy planes they have a uh sr-71 clone in there that i spent a lot of time staring at trying to figure out how to internalize it and you have and you have some aerial I'm trying to think of which stratosphere it is three three that's yeah. the uh, bat the bat god stupid war <laughs> yeah you have some cool like aerial I think they're like aerial mount maneuver rules if I recall correctly right yeah so we had a bunch of stuff we have the uh God, what, there's so many creatures that I have in this books. It's the uh, Skulker Pteranodon Raiders. So basically, <laughs> in Stratosphere 1, getting into the deep lore, you have the Skulkers, which are basically these people that wear these like Cyclops-like visors. They have six arms and they have goat legs. Um, and in book three, I reveal that they actually ride Pteranodons. So it's like a two-in-one class. You take two level zeros and you fuse them into like this new class character. So you have to like manage the pilot and the mount. And then because, you know, mounts or pilots die, I give you options for other things. And because I can't leave well enough alone, now I have to give you other things to do. So you have the more flying mounts. You have a bunch of weird, like, wing boards from, like, uh, Tailspin and uh, aerial depth charges, because that seemed like it made sense. <laughs> um, and, you know, leading into the whole Bat God Stupid War thing, um, I finally, in books one and two, I allude a lot to his weird navy that he has. And I kind of have those, and they're just a bunch of like really large bombers and fighter jets that um, are like demonic. <laughs> and there's just a lot of like really weird things. Um, Strat 3 plays with the drop a lot, and I just put the word drop on literally everything. There's like drop grenades, there's drop thrusters, there's drop teleporters. And if you put the word drop everywhere, then you want to have repercussions. So there's a whole like drop table for like how droppy the drop thing that you're doing is. So it ranges from like, I forget where I was to like, I've summoned a demon. And there's so many places in that book where I say you've summoned a random demon that I created a random demon table. Um, that's like where Skullboy and stuff came in to like do a bunch of art. I was like, hey, you want to make some money real quick on the stretch goals? I need a lot of random demons and I need to drop them in here quickly. Mm, so there's like a yeah. giant bicep, like pulling apart a school bus and other weird stuff. Um, and it wasn't enough to add the random demons. Then I had to add something to pull the demons apart. So I have a Steven Universe inspired like half ogre class, which is this another giant like giants. There's like a half ogre is like 12 feet tall who can like trap demons in her heart and then use them to power things. So yeah. and that's that's kind of like how a book of mine gets written. A yeah. lot of weird threads. And I just try to connect them together so that you can't pick up one piece of it without dragging the whole thing out. There, there are some really, I love that class. Um, I don't, you know, 
Um, many standard DCC players may find 12 foot characters don't fit in those core. And we've just talked about that, but you could easily adapt that class to like a demon summoner, kind of more vanilla DCC wizard subclass, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and the, but the way that the summoning works, and then there was a random table for the demon effects and what they do. There was some very cool stuff in there. And I would definitely, I think that could easily be adapted to be like a super flavorful, even kind of standard DCC world where you want to spice up your demon stuff. Um, and I was thinking that. And then along those same lines, the weapon stuff in Stratosphere 1, um, likewise, I just think is is amazing yeah. um, flavor for MCC weapons, especially all those little weird ads. And it just kind of takes the MCC thing, you know, to the next level. And you could easily, I mean... You could take almost any Stratosphere stuff and add it to MCC, of course, um, very easily. And it, it might, some people would probably say it would fit better in MCC better. Before we go on, I think, Sean, I don't, I, we kind of dived in because we've all been reading Stratosphere, 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 <laughs> as well as the other stuff. But, um, but listeners are probably like, what are you talking about? So, <laughs> uh, right? Because I don't, we kind of have alluded to it, but maybe we yep. need to. But uh, you could almost read that first page of Stratosphere One as a. It's pretty. You, if you knew that, you'd be sort of prepared for everything else in a basic way. But I mean, what can you give us the uh, ten to thirty second kind of like? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I will try not to go in the inspirations. But basically, uh, it's it's just the idea that you were sitting here minding your own business, and then all of a sudden, reality like buckled and burst. Uh, humans ran through that looked like humans that you recognized or would be able to recognize, and they basically were chasing these stratosphere across the universe. Stratosphere burst through. You found out that maybe your best friend was a stratosphere the whole time and didn't know it yet. There's a lot of things where the world that you thought existed no longer was what it was as a result of the drop. Um Trying to think of the other way to describe. There's a lot of other weird things. There's like teleporting wolves and giants that leak fluid and have more giants. They're on giant turrets. Um, each one of the books, I end up putting the giants inside another giant. So it's like a turducken of giants by like <laughs> Snake Wolf 3. Um, doll giants. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because oh, here I go again. Strat 2 has uh, one of those giants, but it's been bubbled and put inside a T-Rex. And yes. uh, yeah. drew yeah. drew one for fairy harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. I I love that that the uh, that's the Goliath War engine restoration engine or something like that, right? Yeah, that's the big one. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> God, here I go again. Snake Wolf uh, three uh, three alludes that every time a Stratosphere joins the IX seven seven seven, those death engines are created to hunt it down should it go astray. So that's another thing hmm. coming. Hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the whole Tentacle Rex thing was just really funny, and to be able to see them really huge and just running around, um, I yeah, <laughs> real deep into deep Stratosphere lore. Yeah, well, there is a lot of it there, and I think you could, um, I think a reader could have a lot of fun joining pieces together um, in a. I don't know if you can look for um, a secret key, Sean, only you can tell us if there's a secret key, but um, it doesn't really, in a way, it doesn't really matter, right? You'll get to like 70% of it, 
the 30 percent of it that might not be exactly what sean thought are probably great anyway or you know i mean i don't know something like that so um but you could have a lot of fun trying to you know tetris these things together kidding juliet i i think it'd be great just to have one of the typical in air quotes dcc or even mcc adventures and all of a sudden you are dropped sorry for the term sean into the the world of the stratosphere oh i mean believe me you what you really want to do is get a bunch of um unsuspecting people to sign up for sailors on the starless sea or something and then as they're going up to the keep <laughs> your reality buckles and 20 foot guys walk you know first a bunch of humans run out sprouting tentacles and then a bunch of 20 foot delvers and gladiatrix queens and everything else um start you know and giants on dinosaurs and you know like it it also reminded me a little bit of uh of of fringe carcosa in terms of um not even i mean some of it like the actual original jeffrey mckinney carcosa obviously which is which which it shares both kind of stylistic you know principles with like i'm going to describe stuff and i'm going to let people fit it together and you know i'm going to tell you some basic stuff about it but you know um have fun with it don't you know but um but also like when I would see people draw, like uh, I did a picture of Carcosa, they'd have Tyrannosaurus Rexes with guys shooting lasers, you know, riding T-Rexes, shooting lasers and stuff. And like, and when I saw, I think when I saw that dinosaur picture in Stratosphene, I was like, that's the actually more Stratosphene than Carcosa was, you know, like now I get it. Um, anyway, Carcosa is one of my favorite things, but um, you know, the modern Pelgrane Carco- uh, Yellow King game, actually has the reality buckling and being rewritten you know through through the ages and it's a whole different kind of call of cthulhu vibe and a whole different way of playing games you know not also not being in a DD tradition but the reality forming of it and and not just that but the sort of french surrealist take on it might be sort of uh, similar it's funny how those vibes both coexist in both of those games I'll have to uh, check it out. That sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yellow King by uh, Robin Laws. Um, it's a, it, like a, a, a Paris like supplement. Is that kind of yeah? And that's like eighteen hundreds or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's a late, late. Uh, you know, the eighteen nineties. So okay. yeah, just uh, turn of the century. But but I literally was thinking of Stratosphere. And I was like, I had no, I, the riffs never came into my head, which I'm not super familiar, but I've, you know, played it in a little bit of cons and stuff. But I was thinking like, where does he get this stuff? It's like French surrealist, you know, it's like Andre Breton, you know, like, is that where this stuff is like, and uh, yeah. So it's funny how the, the actually thematically are crossing, you know, the same vibe too. I really... I think you said something really interesting in there talking about like, what does it mean to overlay it onto one of the adventures? Um, And I was, I was thinking a bit more about that. And, you know, I was joking earlier about like how people have written blog posts about the too large to adventure. But um, the other side of it that's been really interesting is just 
hearing what happens when people just drop this stuff into their their games it's it's been really fun or just like hey i just like blew someone apart with uh polyphemian rage which is the not cyclops ability that all of them have um which is also pretty cool or like hearing people drop it into like their own um sailors game or even uh 5e's fandelver like hearing about um what was it glass staff being a stratosphere or something like that like all these different things have been really really neat so uh, i'm excited to kind of see what people do with it um, and I'm excited to check out the Yellow King. That sounds really cool. How how did you? Um, I can see that you're just teeming with ideas, obviously, all the time. How did how did DCC come across your windshield first? Uh, so I was writing um, for Savage Worlds because Rifts took me to Savage Worlds, okay. and I was like, "Oh, this will be cool. I'll write it for this. It'll be completely different." Like honestly, while well, they are similar, I think they are very different, and it's not just like a serial numbers filed off thing. Um, I was looking at that, and I talked to a buddy of mine that was running a Savage Worlds podcast, and I was like, "Hey, um, I'm thinking about doing this," and he read it. And he's like, "Hey, this is really cool, but I think you're shooting yourself at the foot here. This should be for DCC." And I was like, "I don't even know what that is. That's the thing with the giant rule book, right?" I because I remember going into uh, Meeple's out here in Seattle, and I was like, oh, I'll go buy the rule book. And I picked it up, and I was like, nope, I can't do this. <laughs> and then after my buddy pulled me aside and was like, no, you need to look at this, I sat there, and I was like, okay, I'll get MCC. And I was like, okay, I don't get it. So then I grabbed DCC and read it cover to cover in about three days and was like, oh. oh. <laughs> okay, I get that it. look. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah. uh, it's funny because I remember the first time I saw a DCC or MCC stat block and I was like, nope, can't do it. Brain won't working because I was so used to like the Savage Worlds way or the 5e way or the uh, the Rift's way is abysmal, mm. but amazing. Um, it's very close to like what we have on the DCC side. And, you know, the first time I saw it, I was like, this is terrible. But now I'm at a point where I'm like, yeah, if you can't fit all the stats on one line in one just chunk of text, I don't want to see it. And I've just started diving into DCC. I reached out to Goodman. I saw Phantasmagoria on Kickstarter because I was like, okay, uh, DCC, what are people doing with it? And that was running. And I was like, where did they print it? Mixam. Okay, I don't know what that is. Who are they working with? Uh, like Jarrett and Fiona. And I was like, huh, these names, these places. And I started Googling things. Um, and that basically, I ran into a buddy of mine at work. And he's like, hey, Zine Quest is about to start. And I'm like, what's that? Because I'm perpetually clueless about everything um and he's like you just need to be on it and i was like oh okay i I guess i'll just be on it and that's how it all kind of came together i reached out to goodman i'm like hey goodman i'm I'm writing this thing i don't know if you want me to do anything with it but here it is take a look at it and it was just off to the races from there um it was very much like recommendation from a friend who was like look at dcc um and then I read it cover to cover. I've read through MCC cover to cover since then. I've read like an advanced copy of XCC cover to cover. Like mm. I, everything that Goodman puts out, I pretty much grab and read. Like oh. I still need to go through like whatever the, uh, oh, my brain's not working. Dragon Mech and like, uh, oh. I need to read that. And I started going through Bronchosaurus, but yeah. Oh, Bronchosaurus Rex. Yeah. <laughs> There's a uh, a Gen Con guide that has it, uh, Dino Crawl Classics, the adaptation mm-hmm. for it. So the next mm-hmm. time I play in a game, I will be playing as one of like the uh, Velociraptor sham- shamans or whatever. So, awesome. do you get I, a lot of cons or? or on the I am a cryptid. I'm permanently a cryptid. I, I went I went to uh, Dragonflight a couple times. I yeah, I went. I, I basically show up at Dragonflight so I can like grab the weird one-offs. I have like the Egyptian Lich gold foil uh, DCC book up there. Mm. That's that was when I cemented my love for DCC. I'm like, all right, I love it so much. I'm finally gonna buy the book and I'm gonna buy the the fanciest, biggest, weirdest, aud- most audacious one I can. So 
good choice. <laughs> Man, yeah, you... I oh, go for it. Sorry. Uh, no, I was just going to say you, you speaking of that gold foil cover, which is beautiful, which made me have dreams after things happened at Gen Con one year. Um, the, you get some beautiful, beautiful art in those books. The, um, and like not DCC, like not, I mean, I think maybe there's a McDevitt or something, some of those, but like, um, James Edward, um, Jackson, is that right? Oh, yeah, James Edward Jackson. So basically, Judge, he, uh, he does so much wild stuff for me. Yeah. Um, for this, this, he's, he's, He's a critical part of Stratosphere for at least the first couple of books. And he's also like internal and some of my other stuff that I work on. But uh, my buddy who told me to get on Zine Quest, I was like, hey, I need to fill out some art. He's like, uh, go bug James. And I was like, okay, cool. So James will get a message from me, frantic, usually once every couple months where I'm like, hey, I, I need a spaceship. I, I need I need a spaceship. I need like a weird elevator god. I need that. Or I need a, a Tyrannosaurus with assault rifles for kneecaps. Like, I need this now. Um, and, but obviously not now. Like he's like, okay, cool. That sounds good. I give him the brief. We go back and forth. It takes about six weeks. He comes back to me. Um, and it's it's really cool. His work is really awesome, and he really like built that initial imagery that a lot of people are used to. Um, for yeah. Stratosphere, like that first cover, like coordinating that cover was fun. And I was like, yes, I need someone in terror, and there's also tentacles bursting out of the ground, and there's a spaceship exploding. And he like looked at me. He's like, are you hearing yourself? And I was yeah. like, oh. <laughs> Here, I'll sketch it. This. He's like, oh, got it. Got it. Now, Are do you, you include your own art? Uh, I've started including my own art in uh, Strat 3. I have a bunch of weird glitch art that I was doing in there. Um, I pretty much only do my own art in the necrotic edifices of Iron and Moon, the depth of time untold, which is basically like my um, weird, one of my weird Troika books. But it's all like really bizarre, surrealist, Dada glitch art. Um, there's another one of those coming yeah, when I have time. It's like, I think the there's like 300 images in there. Troika and, and DCC and uh, Savage Worlds and and what else? What other systems? Um, so there's a war game called Flagrant Factions that my buddy Mikey Lombardi uh, works on. And I thought it would be hilarious to get a army book out before the actual core book was out. <laughs> Just because I do that. So uh, for Crapland, which I haven't mentioned at all yet um, on this podcast, I went ahead and did like a Warhammer style, like army codex book. Uh, Crapland is kind of like a surrealist take on like Empire Records or Mulholland Drive. It's very much like inspired from a weird place of like boredom. Yeah, there's a lot of like um, inspiration comes from like David Lynch's Dumbland, which if you haven't seen it, look it up. Just get the stick. But you'll see it. <laughs> but it it's just basically a bunch of people hanging out. There's uh mock and shark eight shark eight's like a shark. Um, there's uh, Mel uh, with the telegram stop in her name. She doesn't like people talking to her. She's also on fire. Uh, there's a toaster named Tella who's also possibly a computer. Uh, there's riff who's like a guitarist in crapland two. We add, oh, he has Nope. Who's on the cover. Um, who's just, his special power is saying nope to just about anything. He can basically counterspell a lot of things. Um, Crapland 2 goes even further. It's called Wearmart. I thought it would be really funny if instead of a Walmart, there was a Wearmart. And if you slipped in a convenience store, you would get 
possessed by it and be cursed to turn into a convenience oh, store. Yeah. And there's like a whole, there's tables for like how you get your name, like quick, quick stop or whatever, like quick and go or whatever. Uh, there's a lot of like really bizarre stuff of like building on what I did with Turn Willow, which is my uh, Battletech books that I do. Um, and like, what if convenience stores were modular pieces that could connect to each other? So there's like a department store or sorry, there's a shopping mall, which is a department store of department stores all bolted together and all the different stores are basically like uh, power rangers pieces and a megazord which is like pretty absurd um if you have a friend who's cursed into turning into like a convenience store you can strap them to a flatbed truck so that way they turn into a like a food truck when they transform and it's, it's like on every third that. thursday okay so we're where all can works we get with this? like the, the stratospines <laughs> they're all about the same size you know you can yeah just- Exactly, exactly. Uh yeah, so all that stuff you can get um you can get a spearwitch.com, you can get a exaltedfuneral.com. Um I'm as soon as whatever cool things happen with the warehouse stuff, there may or may not be craplands showing up in there if uh me and Goodman sort that one out. I'm pretty excited. Um yeah, crapland is huge. It's totally something else entirely. Um God, where was I? Art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crapland, Crapland one is all entirely my art. <laughs> but, okay, well that no, we got it. So we're gonna link that, but we got to talk about we got we to talk, talk about the latest one. Uh, w- latest w- which which narrow that down. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay, cool. Vehicles, Perfect. vehicles. Yes, we got to go okay, to vehicles. Good, good, good. Ready. Another ready. theme, right? More vehicles. Like yes, there's a lot a going. Smaller. There's like of? the thing that's going through, right? Like the vehicles and big things and, and all this. So. Imagine Helm's Deep in um, Lord of the Rings 2, or I don't know which book that maps to directly, but in the second movie. Um, imagine if all the orcs rolling on Helm's Deep were in go-karts, gas-powered go-karts. Just think about that. And that's kind of the basis which led to this complete absurdity. And, you know, I push out, like, in the same way that, like, DCC says, you're no hero, and that kind of stuff. Like, I push on that, like, it's not a race, it's an adventure. Like the absurdity doesn't come from making people like obey fuel or making people obey, like going around a track a certain number of times with random encounters. I think they'd be kind of boring. And if you if you look into the first Grand Prix book, which is literally just a module for showing you how to put your characters into carts, how to map characters from hit dice to the cart size, different liveries that you can paint on your cart to give it magic powers, um, different equipment you can put in your cart to make it better, whether it's a bigger engine, um, different ways that different character classes interact with it. Like, uh, I think clerics and wizards can, like, overcharge their engines. Uh, actually, clerics, clerics are, like, bumper carts. Like, there's a lot of different things that happen in there. Like, I think thieves can um, drive on walls. There's a lot of, like, really silly things that happen in all of that. Um, and the, the idea was... If you could take all of this, kind of like what I learned from Stratosphere, of just dropping some weird thing into something that's not, is just saying like, hey, what if you just, you as the person prepping for your game, set up your adventure and just put everyone who can be in a, in a go-kart in a go-kart? Like, what's the worst that could happen, right? Like, the um, the beastmen that are plotting against you in the beginning of Sailors and that are dropping things on top. Like, wouldn't it be hilarious if, like, when they're throwing spears at you from the top or, like, when they're knocking things down or knocking down the porculus or whatever... They're just in carts and they're just like flying by and you're hearing them, right? Like it's really hard to dungeon when all you're hearing is like gas and smoke and combustion engines. So it just dungeon adds to as it. a verb. Okay, got it. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I took my kid out uh go-karting so I could actually see how this works. And taking a fast turn in like a high torque go-kart and trying to swing an axe is the most uh, hilarious thing in the world. Yeah. And uh, that's why there is the uh, action penalty for trying to attack while you're driving. <laughs> yeah. 
There's one for the kid, James. Oh, yeah. I want to see video of that one. <laughs> Don't know about all that. I'm not sure I want to give a child like a hand weapon. And a car. The go car. Yeah. <laughs> then there's then there's the whole question of a 20-foot stratus fiend in a three-foot go-kart trying to go under a 10-foot bridge. It's like a right? whale on a fishbowl. Yeah, like you've a... seen like Bowser in the go-kart. It works. Yeah, yeah it, it could works. work. It could totally work. <laughs> it could totally work. Now you got so you got Dungeon Grand Prix. And then there's, um, but then there's several kind of, I don't know if we call them expansions or just, you know. Um, they're adventures. Uh, they're adventures <laughs> for it, right? Uh, and then including Hell Climb, right? Which is the, which is dirt bikes. Dirt bikes. So out here in Seattle, um, like I'm out near Georgetown and they used to like drop uh, motorcycle engines, motors into dirt bikes so they could go ahead and race up hills and hill climbs. And that's how Hell Climb turned into Hell Climb. Really straightforward, but uh, yeah, it's dirt bikes. So there's a couple of them. So there's Dagon in 60 seconds, which is basically gone in 60 seconds, but with fish gods. <laughs> like, like my favorite title ever. <laughs> yes. I will have to share with all of you the original cover for Dagon in 60 seconds before uh, Amanda Lee Frank made the awesome cover. It was a lot of really weird stock art and like stock Dagon art is real ridiculous. I will make sure to share it with, oh, with wow. all of us. Yeah. Yeah. So that one's really fun. Like you have to basically collect all the different cars. Like, like all the cars are absolutely ridiculous. Uh, one of the things that I, I, I want to make sure not to miss is that Dungeon Grand Prix changed how I was publishing books. Um, so all my other books are published in a very certain way, but because I'm pushing a lot more Dungeon Grand Prix to bring more people online, I've changed a bit of for, for that series, like how I'm doing that. So it's a combination of a fixed fee based on whatever the discipline is. Everyone's disciplines are a little bit different and everyone rates are just different but in addition to that it was also um five percent off dtrpg and then uh 25 cents uh per printed mix M or printed uh, hardcover copy and that's been really interesting so that people can both get paid up front for the work that they're doing and then also get the royalties on it um mm. the neat thing about all of this is based on the last order from goodman we've just hit the second run of dungeon grand prix uh and mm. it's the current highest selling book that i have on drive through rpg so mm. we hit the second wow. printing and the pod on dtrpg has not cannibalize those sales so people so are liking it royalties essentially they are they're getting on both sides on both the uh the digitals on dtrpg and the print on demand on dtrpg and then whenever i print a new batch of books they get royalties on those as well and that's that just for an underground period i'm trying to experiment game changer. huge <laughs> man it's it's been really neat and it's been fun and just getting as a many people in on it too. Uh, well, the nice thing is as long as everyone's on PayPal, it's not hard. One of them's not. No shame. Um, yeah. yeah. Everyone who's on PayPal, if they're on DriveThruRPG, that's really easy. I've never had to look at those books. They just book themselves for me. So it's really just, hey, I'm printing a new batch of books. Here's your 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 PayPal payments and let's hmm. move on to the next one. It, it's It's been really neat. Oh. So the crews are all over the place. Dagon is uh, Noro's Monkey Paw with uh, Fiona Maeve Geist, who's done a lot of editing mm -hmm. on a lot of stuff. Probably has hands on more Annie's than anyone I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have that. Uh, you also have uh, Amanda Lee Frank on the art for that one. Wait, no. I, I've, I've confused all of them. Amanda Lee Frank's on Dagon. Uh, Fiona Maeve Geist is actually on Two Clan Tango with uh, Luke Gearing of uh, mm. like everything. He's like the only person who competes with himself for any. Mm. <laughs> so, 
Uh, now, that's... I was going to ask how Two Plan Tango differs from Dungeon Grand Prix. So, uh, uh, Dagon in 60 Seconds, Hellclimb, and Two Clan Tango are all Dungeon Grand Prix adventures. And my ask gotcha. to each of those people, Hellclimb was me, but the, my ask to each of those people was, I do not care what you do, but everything that can be in a cart goes in a cart, or I am not, we're not doing this. Um, and it was really funny because uh, Luke, there's like so many weird things. You go to the mayor's house in Two Clan Tango, and he's just like zipping around on his hardwood floors in a go-kart. And there's just a lot of like absurd things like that. There's like a uh, a rat who's like pontificating on like what it means to be a human, like inside of his go kart. There's a giant um, dwarven mech, which is in itself a go kart, but it's also a dungeon on wheels. So you can encounter the dungeon in different places. There's ancestors that will show up and try to drive your <laughs> your carts. Like Two Clan Tango is really wild, but I think it all comes down to rival dwarving mining colonies that are trying yeah. to compete for the same um resource <laughs> there there's two and there's two giant caravans going towards that town right <laughs> they're like converging on it so you've got to try to take them out and save the town or you know other hilarity might ensue but i love that i mean just everything you just said but the in additionally it's like somehow set in medieval france Right. Yes. So, like, you know, with giant mechs and everything else, but the names, it's all very French. Like, somebody has obviously decided to be a French scholar and do all this, and it has this very funny kind of. It, um, it makes it just another step of otherworldliness. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah uh, they're, they're all really fun. It's, it's been a goofy place. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Brain. I, I, it seems, it seems like if there was one, I mean, you know, Dungeon Grand Pretty is just as wacky as Stratosphere, probably in a different way. Um, it's a little more standard D and D ish, just with carts and then with motorbikes, then with you know, et cetera, et cetera. But and then you, but all the stuff you build on there quickly leaves the you know Stratosphere. But um, but it seems like um, it's more adventure focused. Like even Dungeon Grand Prix, it has the rules, it has a craziness, but then there's an adventure in it. And now you're adding adventures with their own twists and new rules and new expansions and no, no, no. So is, did you make a conscious, I mean, it feels like you made a conscious decision. Hey, I want to get more adventure focused. And that's kind of what's happened in my career over the last career. It's funny to say that out loud Um, in the last like year of trying to do all of this stuff. Like I think it was stratosphere became really hard for me to write like the core stuff of just like, I don't know how many character options I can write. And as I started playing more DCC, I was like, I don't know, like base warrior is really good. Why am I doing this? (laughs) And I was like, wait a minute, like all the stuff I have there is good. But like, what if I showed people how they can play with those toys? Like, what could we do with that? And that's, that's where um, Steak Wolf 2 came from. That's where, the the very explicit effort I'm going with Dungeon Grand Prix is to support it with adventures. Like we can have new equipment and stuff, and that's totally awesome. And I think every book should have new equipment because that's funny and cool. But having the adventure to lead with just gives you more ways to like anchor in the world and see how things could work. Um, and, and I think Hellclimb is one of those ones that really stands out out of the collection of them. That's like there's a lot of flavor and a lot of world building. Like the, the circuit council is like all, all these kind of personalities with motivations and, and goals and also they, their own race tracks or whatever, their own like, you know, su- state supported, like, you know, place to run the go-karts. And so like, I'm just like going like, when I got to that, well, that one, I was like, is there going to be a bunch of just kind of like setting books as it were for each of these things? And 
Yeah, they're they're coming. So basically, in the in that one, I kind of talk about the different uh, kingdoms or whatever. You have like the Kingdom of Men. You have the dwarves. You have it's. it's I swear it's not Lord of the Rings. Uh, you have the half orc kingdom of the incinerator triplets, and they're like smugglers. It's like super wild. Like that book is coming next for um, Dungeon Grand Prix. I think it's called Smuggler's Pass right now. It's a level ten adventure. I've never run a level ten of anything. I mean, I've played high level riffs, but. You know, that doesn't really count in this case. Um, but yeah, it's a high level adventure. It's pretty wild. Um, it does have a race. It I, I leaned really hard into the Dakar rally raids and how you're just going out and you have the uh, the race books that kind of show you from point A to point B how you get there. And that information is available to all the players in the GM to begin with. But that's not important. Doing the race would be really boring. You just have a bunch of encounters and whatever. But where the intrigue comes from is what if each one of those racers is allied with a different member of the circuit council? And what if you need to do things like dead drops between them or grab things or sabotage them and you have to know where they are? And like, you don't know where they are. You have the race book. So you can kind of follow it to figure out like, oh, they're going to take a left on the third. They're going to go east on the third day. So we need to start heading east and try to cut them off so we can like mm-hmm. meet up with them. Like that's mm. happening. In addition to that, there's also the merfolk, uh, uh, Aloy Odain, who I call out. Um, and they have a problem with the smuggler trip, the smuggler orcs, because they don't want them moving across the water. So the, the merfolk have come to the land and they're riding on giant uh, hammerhead jaguars, which are like totally nuts. And yes, they are cars, but also they are actual jaguars um, <laughs> because everything has to be a cart. <laughs> of course. And then even the tire god is back because you'll see in um, in the first book, we have the tire god, I rubber, who's kind of just absurdist and kind of a nod to the film rubber. Um, and then in Hellclimb, he sent one of his asphalt titans to just turn the land to tar. <laughs> mm. And in the next book, he's actually sending a flotilla across the water and they are basically trying to build a highway <laughs> in the middle of the track. So yeah. a lot of silly things coming. So, yes, the circuit council is coming back. They're coming back stronger than ever. I think there's a poster dungeon coming soon for um, the Merfolk. So that way you can hang it up and it's kind of like a Wave Race 64 type thing going on. But I need to finish getting that art done. <laughs> and before that, you have another project that's coming out, right? Like it's it's soon to hit. <laughs> the Snake Wolf 3 or is it something else? Snake Wolf 3, yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. Perfect. So Snake Wolf 3 is, uh, I saw what Sean McCoy was talking about with um, Dungeon 23. I thought that was really neat. I was already in the middle of reading Muster and I was looking at what it would mean to build a dungeon. I spent a lot of time looking at OSE. I use OSE as kind of my frog DNA in the Jurassic Park metaphor. Like DCC Mm. is like my Bible and my frog DNA comes from OSE because I never read BX. Mm. I don't know what any of it means. So OSE is kind of like a neatly laid out way to look at that. So I looked at that. It was kind of like, how do you build a dungeon? This is how you build a dungeon and stock it. And I was like, okay, what if I did that, but did it for Stratosfiend, but based it in the Snake Wolf world. So everything is very modern. So if Mm. I was to roll like Knoll, which they're like hyenas, right? Um, Those are my laughter drones. And as the conspiracy die increases, conspiracy happens. And once it goes high enough, any creature that's marked conspiracy changes forms entirely. So the laughter drones, they start off as kind of like these kind of laughter, laughing Joker-esque dudes with assault rifles. And once conspiracy is high enough, they're actually like full-on hyenas with assault rifles and doing other weird things. And I lean into that everywhere. Like whether it's the crab spiders that are in and like the older books, uh, the, the giant crab spiders, those basically start off as like assassins or hitmen and eventually become like weird drider like monstrosities with assault ri- with uh, sniper rifles. Um, 
that's kind of how I stalked the dungeon. But you can't mm. just have a dungeon by itself because no one wants that. And White Rock is amazing. And I love all the things that lead into it. I actually inadvertently called it Castle White Claw to Joseph. <laughs> call one day. I felt real bad. <laughs> and it didn't hit me immediately. <laughs> um, Claws but down. I was... I was looking at how it all kind of like fit together. So, and I was talking to a friend of mine. And he's like, well, you don't want to just have like a, um, like a fun house, like dungeon. Like may- maybe you don't want to have, just have that. And I'm like, well, I don't know if that's bad. I don't know if I want that. And my other buddy was Wait, like, you should look you- at the film. Yeah, you want a fun house dungeon? What are you talking about? Well, I didn't know. I didn't know. Come so on. I inadvertently put 13 factions in because my buddy, my other buddy said, you need to be in a Yojimbo problem at all times. And I was like, well, 13 factions get you there? So there's 13 factions that are all infighting. <laughs> and if I were to draw a thing, it would just look like a, a Pollock art. Like, there's no way to really explain what that looks like. But, like, the dungeon by itself, like, that's boring, right? Who wants to go through, like, a 240-page, 12-floor, 30-room-per-floor dungeon with secrets and and sub-bases? No one wants that by itself. So I added the starter town. And the starter town connects back to Snake Wolf 2, so it's kind of the town where the... Oh, God, I didn't go into Snake Wolf. Uh, yeah, so in Snake Wolf 2, there, uh, the Return to the Shattered Woods, there's a guy who's very much not... Um, uh, Sam Fisher from the uh, Splinter Cell games, who basically is sent by the government to go talk to a god. Um, depending on how your uh, Snake Wolf 2 game went, he may or may not have interacted with that god. Snake Wolf 3 is what happens if he actually touches that god. Uh, he's on his way back to Washington. So you start in the town and you're trying to like find the trail of like uh, the Crab King is his name. And you're trying to find out where he is, like either his family needs him or the government needs him. Someone needs him back because a CI operative has gone like MIA after like interacting with a god, which was a dying uh, Delver, actually. Um, <laughs> and it's like everything is just the world is mutating. Whenever you level in Snake Wolf 3, there's a chance that you take on stratosphere characteristics because you're now you don't know it yet. But um, the Crab King is approaching like Akira like levels of power and he's starting to affect mm. everything around him so you have the starter town uh called mercy of angels where you, you start off in um through that you go back through the shattered woods um in Sh- in snake wolf 2 you've been on the other end of the woods now you're in the woods on your way back to washington dc because 1997 washington dc is the correct place to base a campaign so there's a whole city crawl through there um i grew up watching like the pelican brief and other like political thrillers so i just there's a lot of people in baseball caps that'll talk to you on like uh, park steps. Just, just oh sure, see what's going on and like pass you information. A lot of really weird things going on. Um, I really lean into the whole Delver cult thing. So there's a lot of people that are starting to realize the Stratosphere are there, and some people that are starting to see them. So it's very like uh, X Files. It's very the X Files first movie. It's very uh, Charlie mm. Sheen's The Arrival. There's a lot mm. of like really weird paranoid things happening there. Hmm. Um, awesome. And all of that leads into the dungeon. So there's a dungeon. There's the three crawls leading up to it. There's 13 factions. It's like 400 pages. The best area is at least 70 pages. Uh, there's a lot of things in, in there. The, and that's dropping in the new year. Not yeah, sure. somewhere in the next three months. I'm, I'm waiting to uh, wrap up layout first. I, I really like to go to Kickstarter with everything ready. So I don't have to worry about every time you get the update that's like, hey, your backers want to hear what you're doing. Yeah. We're oh. backer kit. As an alternative to Kickstarter, just saying. I will have to follow up with you and find yes. out more about how that works. Just well, you can find out all about it during our purple month in January. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow, this has yeah. been an, a revelation. This has been a heck of an hour, and yes. we could probably sit here for another two. Oh, at probably. least two. And Sean has so much energy, he could just keep us infused with it for the next well, day. Well, I, yeah. I think... 
I think this is just part one of hopefully we'll have um we can have Sean back and we'll talk. Um if you just if we are if you keep doing one a month, we'll have twelve new products in <laughs> next december insane and man i i'll tell you what if you do 12 i promise to have you back in december if you do right. 10 i think I, I would love to have you back anyway so what if i finish writing this mcc one that i have coming it's based on yeah. uh, universal soldier oh i love oh. it i love it well and yeah I always, and i was i was reading stratosphere again i was like why didn't you do this for mcc but anyway that's it, it scares thing. me i don't know how it works i need one of you to explain to me how mcc works i just never actually just need like a 20 minute demo. You just time. need to yeah. pirate the old Gamma World PDF and all will be clear. The original, <laughs> the original one with the black and white cover and the guys in the helmets and that. Does, does Metamorphosis Alpha work or do I have, do oh, I yeah, have to use Gamma Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Metamorphosis oh, yeah. almost, it's same, it's yeah. the frog DNA for if, yeah. Um, yep, yep. Yes. Um, right. uh, Last now, words? James had one question before and I just want to circle back to that because it's a pretty good thing to slide into the outro with. Um, Sean, are you going to be appearing at any conventions in 2024? Not in any official capacity that I'm aware of yet. Noted. I I didn't think about it. I, I'm a cryptid. There's, <laughs> there's, there's time for improvement then. Got it. Well, maybe. I, I need to make... I. I tabled at PAX U a couple of years ago, um, uh, helping a buddy out with some of their cool, like weird VR stuff that they were doing. Um, but yeah, it'd be cool. I like working at the conventions. I, I like that a lot. So awesome. Hey, uh, I might talk to you about Gen Con anyway. <laughs> <laughs> could be fun. We've got a thousand square feet for a booth, man. We we could use the help. Right. Yeah. That's a lot of royalties. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk. So last words, everyone, before we uh, pull pull the plug. Uh, two Come things. Gary Con, play with the uh, pits of Lost Agarda ziggurats. Nice. Uh, two. Th- hey, I'll 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 end on two notes. For me, um, email us at spellburnband at gmail dot com. Send us your emails. We need your emails. We're eventually going to get the zombie guy back here. That's number one. Number two is. Um, I challenge every listener, including me, Sean, Jen, and James, we and everybody listening, and Alana, um, to uh, just run some DCC or MCC, or for that matter, OSC or anything. And then the drop just happens, and that's in the second, the second hour, the third hour. Just you got to have a stratosphere drop in the middle of a game, totally unannounced. Inflict this on your friends. Um, especially if they're in 10 foot corridors, I want to know about it. Do it. And, uh, let's hear what happens. Lankmar is never going to be the same. Yeah. Lankmar will never be the same. Lankmar GP. (laughs) Nor will, nor will made the RPG. Oh my God. (laughs) I might go-kart that one. (laughs) Yeah. That might be a, a dirt bike one or something. I don't know. Sean. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, as you're getting ready to play RPGs with your families this year or whoever you play with, um, just put everything in a go-kart. That's that's all I ask. Just any character you have, just put them in a go-kart, see what happens. If it's not cool, tell us about it. I'm gonna putting you guys some... on the hook. <laughs> I like it. I'm going to have to try out some go-karts in Netcrawl next. I think that's yeah. I yeah, do. that's right. I mean, light cycles, right? That's our yeah. Gym. So there you go. 
Uh, all right. So this note. has been Spellburn. <laughs> Mega thanks to Glitter Wizard, Loot the Body, and St. Karloff for permission to use their music. Uh, we'll, of course, all these things, all the, the podcast uh, files will arrive soon on Spellburn. Um, uh, everything is available on Spellburn. And, and thanks a lot for listening tonight. And uh, happy holidays and happy new year. Game on.